has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. All right. Welcome in, everybody, to Fan to Fan Detroit. I'm your host, Andrew Norris. This is Double P, producer Parker. Uh, we got a cool show for you. Obviously, by the time you hear this, the NBA playoffs will have started. Right now, we're still a day short, uh, but we have our full first-round predictions for you. Who's winning and how many games, series MVPs, the whole deal. Then i got to talk a little, Tigers. I know we're all a little bit more down than we were last week about those Tigers. We were thinking playoffs, 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 and now they've lost five out of their last six. Two divisional opponents, which... If we all would have looked deep in our heart, I think we might have expected, but whatever. Still keep the hope. They're not out of the running yet. Uh, and then a few more Tigers things to discuss that you'll have to keep listening to here. And then, of course, our new segment, Quick Pitch, we'll be getting to that at the end. So stay tuned. Fun show. So we'll start in the Eastern Conference, where I think we have a lot of fun matchups. Maybe not as fun to the casual fan as what the Western Conference is looking like, but a lot of, a lot of series that can either go four games or seven games, and you really, no matter how much research you do, no matter how deep you dive into it, I don't think anybody is super confident about a lot of these series, except for one, and that's going to be the one-seed Bucks versus the eight-seed Magic. Uh, the Bucks were 4-0 and in the season series, and I think you're going to see the exact same thing come playoff time. A clean 4-0 sweep. No gentleman sweep here is needed. Just 4-0, Giannis is going to do Giannis things. Chris Middleton's going to do Chris Middleton things. And the Magic, of course, are missing their up-and-coming star, Jonathan Isaac. Uh, I don't think we have to get super deep into this one, but what do, what do you think about this series? The only thoughts I have about this series are actually not about this series. Uh, my question for you is, which which team that will inevitably be swept, be swept is better? This year's 8-seed Orlando Magic or last year's eight seed Detroit Pistons? Pistons. Uh, our, minus Jonathan Isaac into the Pistons. Yeah. Because uh, Jonathan Isaac was actually really good this year. I think people are kind of sleeping on him. Uh, but the Pistons had a little bit more star power. They had some guys who can do a lot, obviously. If Blake Griffin was healthy, I think they could have t- taken a game from the Bucks in that series. Um, but they still had Andre Drummond at the time, still had Reggie at the time. So the team was good. The team didn't live up to its full potential, I don't think, for the Pistons last year. This Magic team is what the Magic have been since Dwight Howard left. A middle-of-the-pack, if not worse, team that just like doesn't have much of a future. Sure, they have a future, finally. They have Fultz, who I'm really, really excited to see in the playoffs. They have Jonathan Isaac, who unfortunately tore his ACL in the bubble, which just feels like, especially if you're on an eight seed, the worst place for it to happen. Because I know he's sitting there and he's like, I wish I would have just opted out. I wish I would have just opted out. Um, but he didn't. And obviously when you're playing top-level sports, some bad injuries are going to happen at times. Uh, but the Bucks are going to take this one easy, man. Giannis is going to be damn near the unanimous MVP. Obviously Ramona Shelburne already made it known that he won't be the unanimous MVP. <laughs> because she votes for narrative over play, which is a little well, silly. Ramona Shelburne votes for whatever's going to get her a great interview in two months. Right, right. Which, you know, you can't you can't knock the hustle, but also no. do better. Yes. Um, now, something happened with Giannis the other day, and it's got me thinking in like a very ESPN first take way, uh, but the headbutt he delivered to Mo Wagner. Uh, Michigan's own, Bo Wagner. Michigan's own. My very first thought was, what is this guy going to do if it's game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals? Is he going to be able to keep his cool? Or does he not have that (laughs) that ability yet to kind of, like as soon as stuff started popping off in that game, he throws his head into somebody's chin. That shows me, that to me shows at least a little bit of somebody who can't keep their cool in pressure-filled moments. Uh, do you, that's definitely writing that Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, Colin Coward line for sure. Uh, I think this, I think that Mo Wagner has a history of kind of getting under Giannis's skin. There's a few other clips of Giannis and him kind of yelling at each other from the before times. Uh, I'm not really worried about it. I mean, this isn't even, (laughs) this isn't one, the most high profile headbutt I've ever seen. And two, not (laughs) even the craziest example of somebody randomly losing their temper uh, in a high stakes basketball game from the last five years. 
Draymond, yeah, but, Draymond Green kicking somebody in the nuts is, is, a, is a bigger deal to me. Yeah, but at least he made that look like an accident <laughs> every time he did it. Sure, but it didn't to me. I don't think that really looked like an accident. No, but it wasn't like he got mad at somebody and walked up, oh, spread yeah. their legs apart, and kicked them in the dick. Like he's uh, I, I think that's worse because LeBron baited him into it. To me, this is just like we don't know what Mo Wagner said or did to provoke him. Uh, you know, I, I'm okay with this. Giannis okay. really has like the ultimate golden child status right now. Can you imagine if Harden or Curry or LeBron did this to somebody? The media would have went absolutely crazy. They would have went bananas, but Giannis did it and it kind of got swept under the rug. And I, again, I don't think it's a huge deal. I was just posing that question kind of as a what if to see what you thought about it. Um, I don't really give a shit. But like <laughs> just compared to the attention – the other top top stars in the league would have got just shocked me a little bit because if you're one of those guys, you can't do this. You can't headbutt somebody in the jaw. If Russell Westbrook had done this, they would have charged him with assault. Yeah, for sure. Uh, who's your MVP of the series? Uh, Giannis. Giannis, duh. Uh, and then I have a bull. I have a bull pr- prediction for every every one of these series, and my one. For this series, is Markel Fultz has a triple double in at least one game. Ooh. Uh, I love that. Uh, you and I both were still very much on the Markel Fultz train. We never left. Never uh, left. We've been there the whole time. Uh, I actually have a magic question for you, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, what is Mo Bamba? Uh, is he, recovering is he from COVID. Center? Uh, I mean, well, he's he's out for the series um, yeah. because of COVID complications. But in the future... He's still a seven foot two guy who's going to be able to shoot thirty five to forty percent from three. Going to be able to block shots if he can stay healthy. If he can get some playing time under his belt, the dude still has a bright future. I don't think he's going to be like a year in, year out all star, uh, but he can be a starting center on a good NBA team. There are very few Mo Bamba highlight compilations out there, and there are ones that do exist are very short. And that has me a little bit worried two years into his career. Yeah, he hasn't played much, though. That's I think that's but, the biggest factor in that. Okay, but he like, hasn't played much. Look at what team he's playing for, you know? Yeah, but he hasn't played much because of injuries. It's not like he's been riding the bench behind anybody yeah. besides Vukovic. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And now with these COVID complications, which is – Especially for professional athletes, the the thing you really hate to see for a guy who got it, he wasn't hospitalized or anything, but now two months after he was diagnosed, he still had, or a month and a half after he was diagnosed, he's still having complications with it that are affecting his NBA career, which shows, I mean, this dude's a 22-year-old world-class athlete, and this is happening to him. So uh, I still think he's going to be a, a good NBA player. If he if he gets a 17 and 10 year in his career, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Uh, now the two seed Raptors are going to take on the depleted seven seed Nets. Uh, the season series was the Raptors three games to one. Uh, just right off rip, I want to know who you got winning this series. How many games? The uh, Raptors in four. You think it's going to be a clean sweep? The Nets suck. I mean, Karis Levert's good, but like the rest of them, it's basically a G League team. Yeah. So I gave the Nets a game, and I think it might just be because again, Michigan's own Karis Levert and how much he's been balling out. Um, so I gave the Nets a game just cause like even before KD and Kyrie got there, they were this scrappy bunch last year who fought for victories. We've seen them do similar things in this bubble with, with a depleted team. So I think they'll find a way to pull one win out, but this is a Raptors. This is a Raptors team that's on a mission. And the mission is not only to win an NBA title. The mission is to prove they didn't win an NBA title simply because Kawhi Leonard was there. Uh, I think that they've done a pretty good job of proving that so far. Uh, I just don't think that this is the same Nets team, man. The coach isn't there. Uh, quite a few of those players aren't there. It's the Spencer did when he Jared Allen show. I, I don't know. Can they maybe win a game? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. again, again, it's one game I'm giving them. I don't think they're going to compete to win this series. Uh, but I think the Raptors are going to put everybody on notice that, hey, this Eastern Conference isn't just going to be handed to the Bucks. We're still here. We're still in contention to win this thing. If the Raptors lose a game, it's going to be because they go, they have one of those weird, terrible shooting nights like they did against the Celtics in the bubble. That's right. how they win a game. Yep. 
And even if they have one of those nights, they still might win because during the bubble, this has been the best defense in the league. And I think they're going to carry that into the playoffs. It's just suffocating. They have a top three coach in the NBA in Nick Nurse. They have some of the best defensive players in the world in Siakam and Gasol. Um, so, yeah, five games, four. I completely understand where you're coming from with four. My MVP of the series is Pascal Siakam. And real quick, before you go with your MVP of the series, it works into my bold prediction, which is that Siakam is going to average 25 points, 10 rebounds a game for the series. Uh, my MVP of the series is going to be Kyle Lowry, who puts on a spectacular two-way two-way show and just denies Spencer Dinwiddie the opportunity to do anything the whole series. Uh, but it'll be a learning experience for Spencer Dinwiddie, who will come back next year, probably get traded, and be awesome wherever he goes. Yeah, yep. Uh, then we have the three-seed Celtics versus the six-seed Sixers, which was going to be such an exciting series. I was so pumped for it before Ben Simmons went out. Uh, and obviously Embiid's going to be playing, but he is a little banged up right now as well. Uh, season series was 2-2 two, two tie, right? This was as close as, as it was going to get. Um, but Ben Simmons with the knee surgery, I think that's really, really going to hurt. Obviously, it's really, really going to hurt the Sixers. Now, I don't think that it completely takes the Sixers out of any ability to win this series, but I don't think they will. I think the Celtics will win this. I think it'll be in six games after what will be like damn near a heroic effort from Joel Embiid in those six games. Uh, I'm taking Sixers in five, and I think that it's – Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm taking Celtics oh. in five. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, Celtics in five, and I think that the Sixers squeak one out because uh, whoever's guarding Embiid gets in foul trouble, and then that's it. Uh, I, I don't think the Sixers are very good right now. I'm not. I let's go out of. We're going to take this. We're going to do a segment within a segment that I'm calling out of the DMs, where I'm going to talk about something that you and I argued about this week in Twitter DMs. Uh, we should do this all the time. The Sixers, the Sixers suck. I, I hate them. I hate the Sixers, the way that their roster is constructed now, the way that that whole thing is going right now. I hate it. I hate okay. it. You okay. got to change it. Okay, I agree. I hate the way the roster is constructed right now. And by that, I think we mean different things, though. Yeah. You hate Joel Embiid mixed with Ben Simmons. Yeah. I hate Joel Embiid mixed with Tobias Harris, mixed with Al Horford, mixed with Ben Simmons. Right? Those four pieces together don't work. Ben Simmons right. mixed with Joel Embiid, especially if Simmons is playing the four, does work and can work. We saw this team this close, literally a bullshit shot that hit the rim seven times away from beating the team last year that won the NBA Finals over the Golden State Warriors, right? This close. Um so don't and and people always forget they're so young, man. LeBron didn't win a title till he was 28. Jordan didn't win a title till he was 28. Am I saying Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid is LeBron or Jordan? No. But if you put these guys together, you let them grow, you let them mold. What's the worst case scenario? Like you're the 90s Jazz and you get two finals appearances? You don't blow a team up because of that. Like they, you, you don't. You well, have a top three center at worst in the league in Embiid, and you have a top 20 player in the league in Ben Simmons, and that's without a jump shot. And guess what? He still has so much time to develop that jump shot. I know we've been saying it for what seems like years, but that's because the guy's been playing since he was 19. He still has years and years and years. Marcus didn't develop a jump shot till he was like two. Brooke Lopez didn't develop a jump shot till he was in his 30s. Don't blow it up. Make changes. Get rid of Al I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in the hell here. out of Brett Brown. He needs to go. I'm jumping in because you've had time to lag, fix yourself, lag, and fix yourself again. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to kind of go kind of point by point here. They're, to call this team the 90s Jazz is offensive to the 90s Jazz, who are the exact opposite of this team, and that they were the most well-oiled, consistent, you knew what they were going to do, and they succeeded team that there ever was. And this team is the opposite of that. They take all the things they're supposed to do, and they do them well 30% of the time. And 30% of the time, they do that shit great. But the other 70% of the time, either somebody's injured, or not trying enough, or pissed about whatever's going on off the court, or like... The pieces don't fit together. That team has so has more talent on its roster than I think almost any team in the NBA. Pure talent. We're talking Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, 
uh, Al Horford. That right there is five players that stack up pure talent better than any five players in the NBA. But they can't they can't get it together. Some teams just don't have it. Some teams just they, you're going to take ten years and find out the team just didn't work, and it was a it, it it was a strategic error. It just was an anomaly, a glitch in the matrix. That shit doesn't work, and we know it doesn't. Shit keeps happening, and it keeps happening for a reason. Yeah, I got two reasons for you actually why it keeps happening reason one brett brown this is the same coach that was coaching them when they were historically bad year after year he was a good coach in the late 80s like it's time for the guy to go reason number two you're right injuries but like they're either gonna go away or you're gonna get to a point where it's just too much okay and then it's too late And that's okay. I'm willing to roll those dice and take that risk with this team. They're still too young to get rid of either Simmons or Embiid. I guess if you want to get rid of one, you can get rid of one. But it better be Joel Embiid. No, 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 no. You have to keep Joel Embiid. That's his team. And that's the problem is that Ben Simmons' role is is like this generation's Scottie Pippen. I think that's what he could be. But he doesn't seem to want to do that with this particular team. And it's because they haven't learned the lessons they need to learn yet. They're just not there yet as a team. Yet. Yet. That's the key word here is yet. They're not there yet. They're still in their mid-20s, man. They have plenty of time to figure it out. Elton Brand needs to go. He can't build a team. And then the next reason is is they have a 2K roster. He went and hit the trade finder and saw what they could get. The pieces are great. Like you said, talent-wise, straight up. Top five matches up with any top five in the league. Fit, they don't fit together at all. At all. I, I agree, but it's Joel Embiid's team. It's his town. It, ben Simmons is, is renting space there. And if you can go and get a decent deal for to make it the Joel Embiid and cool players show, that's a better team, I think. Definitely a team that's going to win and be more harmonious. Look at the Chicago Cubs right now. They're playing high school varsity baseball. They are loving it. And they're winning big time. There's just something in the water in Philly. Something isn't right there. They fucked up with Markel Fultz. Zaire Smith hasn't been able to see a basketball court. They've, they've, they, they draft, they had five top five picks and two of them are still there. There's an institutional problem with that team. And it starts with Brett Brown. I agree. Uh, there's a lot of really good coaches. What about Alvin Gentry coming in to coach this team, telling Joel Embiid to shut up and sit down? I, I, I just think that you have to – you know it doesn't work. You just know it doesn't work. So when I say you have to trade Embiid, it's not because I think Simmons is the better player. It's because I can't tell you right off the top of my head if there's been a team this century to win a title where their best player wasn't their primary ball handler, right, or at least a top two primary ball handler. And I've said this on the show, and I'll say it a thousand times again. A big man cannot be the best player on your team if you want to win a title. They can't be. It's against the modern-day NBA rules. On top of that, you will get a haul for Joel Embiid. You'll get a good package for Simmons, but you will get an absolute haul for Joel Embiid. What you can't do is set yourself back to a place where you're either going to be, A, train them both, and you're back to trust the process, which I know worked. It it, it worked. I mean, they haven't won a yeah. title, but it worked. Yeah. And they got basically the, the worst-case scenario every year, and it still pretty much worked. Um, but you still don't, you can't do that again, or you become the seven or six seed like they are this year, every single year. And that doesn't work either. That's NBA purgatory. So give them two more years with a new coach. See what you have then. If you still know it's not going to work, there's going to be offers still on the table for one or both of these guys where you can get real assets in return and reset it. Not a rebuild, like Al Avila said, when he took over the Tigers, not a rebuild, but a reboot. Uh, let's 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 move on from the Sixers. Do you want to talk about the Celtics at all? Yeah, they're really good, man. They're really really good. I mean, yeah. it's just that simple. They have three guys who are just awesome, awesome NBA players in Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown, and they have a bunch more really good guys. They have a top five or six coach in the NBA, um, and they just fit. They know how to play together. It looks like they enjoy playing together. It looks like Kemba isn't afraid to kind of be like, here, Jason Tatum, you're the best player on this team. I might have the best career numbers, but you are the best player on the team. Take the shot. Jalen Brown, take the shot, uh, which, you know, was kind of it was a big issue with Kyrie Irving. 
Um, so I love the Celtics team. I think that they'll lose two in this series just because I think Joel Embiid is going to go bananas. And I mean bananas. I think he's going to average between 30 and 35 points a game. Uh, but I like the Celtics team. And that's what I love about this Eastern Conference. There's three teams that could legitimately make a run at the finals and win the Eastern Conference. And I'm putting the Celtics on that list. I think there's four. I hope that fourth isn't the Heat, but we'll get there it's in a the second. Heat! Oh, no. Okay, well, we'll get there in a second. What do you yeah. think about the Celtics? I like the Celtics. They're a little trick-or-treat, but I like them. They're definitely an interesting watch. Uh, you never really know what you're going to get that night. You never really know who's going to be playing. Uh, they're, they're, they're kind of a fun team. They're a basketball nerd team, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to describe them. And and if that's not if Brad Stevens heard you say that, it would bring tears to his eyes because <laughs> I think that's what he's trying to create, right? The yeah. ultimate basketball nerd team, the ultimate metric team, do the right thing. You know, it's like it's like the Rockets, right? The Rockets are like metric heaven, but yeah. mixed with a little bit of eye test, like taking the tweaks to the metrics of what you've seen and being like, okay, we can't shoot 78 three-pointers in a game we can shoot 57 three-pointers in a game but we can't be taking 100 a game so uh i do think it's it's they're gonna be within the next couple of years if tatum keeps progressing and brown keeps pr progressing they're gonna be like the modern day spurs almost i think just year in year out competing they won't win five titles not with this core uh, but they'll be really really good for a really long time with a really good head coach and Jason Tatum, who's going to be a top-level MVP candidate for the next decade, probably. Uh, I'm not sure if I think that Jason Tatum is – okay, I think Jason Tatum could be an all-star. I don't think he's ever going to be an MVP candidate. Uh, I think we kind of already know who our MVP candidates for this decade are going to be. Because there's, I mean, Can you think of a year where he's going to be definitively better than Zion, Luka, and Giannis all at the same time? I, no, I don't. but but there will be years where he finishes third or fifth or fourth yeah. in that. I mean, let me find this month-by-month month total for him this year because he really showed um, – While no, you I'm do that, I want to jump backwards for a second because I forgot to say something that I wanted to say about the Sixers, and that's that I think that they there's a good chance that they could wind up looking like the, the Trailblazers. Like the way the Trailblazers are now, where it's like, yeah, they made that one Western Conference Finals, but really that team was was kind of stuck. Stuck is a really good, not great team. So if the Sixers are good with that, then they should keep on doing what they're doing, because the Blazers are a shitload of fun, but they're not going to win anytime, anything anytime soon. I think uh, I, I don't I don't hate that. I think I think that's reasonable. Uh, but if you look at February of this year for Jason Tatum. Yeah. He put up 30.7 points, eight rebounds, and three assists. Shot 48% from three and 50% from the field. Now, what, do I think he'll have a season where he averages those numbers, especially the percentages? No. But can he average 85% of those numbers, like 28, 7, and 4 for a season? Yeah, and that gets you, especially if you're a one or a two seed, that gets you a top five MVP finish every time. So what you're saying is, is that, the Rockets are going to try to send Eric Gordon in a first-round pick to the Celtics for Jason Tatum? Yeah, sure. Sure, bud. <laughs> and uh, not to mention he's 22 years old. Yeah. And he's competed with LeBron in an Eastern Conference Finals in his career. He's going to go on at least another round or two of a playoff run this year. He's going to have experience under the belt by the time he's 25. The future is bright for him. Uh, who's your MVP of this series? Kemba Walker. Same. I got Kemba Walker. Um, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be him and Tatum. But I think when the moment gets really big, like I said, Kemba will give that shot to Jason Tatum. But I think it'll be Kemba making them in this series. Uh, my I, bold prediction, I already I already told you, Joel Embiid is going to average between 30 and 35 points per game. I think my like, most valuable player, Kemba Walker, is going to be the player without whom none of these things could have happened, even if Jason Tatum is the person taking the shot down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they just look. They just look. They're so much more appealing. They're enjoying themselves more uh, with Kemba Walker. It's just a good team, you know. It's a good, well-rounded team. Yep. Doesn't have a dominant big, but they have some rotation options that are good enough, you know. So, and the interior defense has been great. They are third. That that's one thing I was shocked at because when I was like doing my prep for the show, thinking about how Joel Embiid's going to dominate them, 
thinking to myself, the Celtics are probably in the bottom half of the league in paint defense. They were third best in the league. They only allowed 43.4 points per game in the paint this year, uh, which did surprise me. I think Joel Embiid can counter that because he's just that good and the talent down low for the Celtics isn't as good. Um, but they are still a good defensive team down low, even with the lack of big time talent down there. Uh, moving on to the four seed Pacers versus the five seed Heat. Uh, season series was three one Heat. Uh, go ahead, tell me, tell me about your <laughs> Heat thoughts, buddy. Uh, heat and six. I like the Pacers. I think they're good. I respect the Pacers. Uh, but I think that the Miami Heat have all the makings of a classic, better than the sum of their parts team. They've got good coaching. They've got definitive leadership. They've got more importantly leadership that they listen to regardless of whether it's great or not in Jimmy Butler. They've got a roster chock full of guys who have been there before. You know Andre Iguodala is going to give you something. You know Kelly Olenek is going to give you a one wild-ass 28-point game in the playoffs. He does every stupid year. You've got shooters. You've got Duncan Robinson, who has been second-team all-bubble, in my opinion. Uh, Michigan zone, Duncan Robinson. Michigan got zone. Tyler Hero, who I don't think will be scared of a moment. Uh, Jay Crowder, classic veteran role player. You go down the list, Kendrick Nunn, second-place Rookie of the Year winner, in my opinion. Uh, they've just got everything. They've got uh, a great, great roster to throw at the uh, Bucks. I think. I don't think they'll beat the Bucks, but I think that's going to be a tough series for the Bucks. So you're just saying right now that that team – oh, wait, would they play them next? No, they play them – yeah, okay, they play, they play them in the second, second round. Yeah. Okay, uh, I got the Pacers in seven. Uh, um, the Heat have really good individual talent from Jimmy Butler to Michigan's own Duncan Robinson to Kendrick Nunn, like you said. You named all these guys who do a lot of great things. Um, Now, I think the best part of their game is the way they've been able to shoot the three ball this year, Uh, and a lot of that goes to Duncan Robinson. But what people forget is playoff basketball is an entirely different animal. Duncan Robinson will be suffocated, pushed, shoved, bumped, pulled, scratched, kicked, bit, whatever needs to happen. It will happen to Duncan Robinson. We see it to Steph Curry every year in the playoffs. Steph Curry can work around that because he's the greatest shooter to have ever lived. But we, I need to see that Duncan Robinson can live through that before I say anoint him one of the greatest shooters of all time. Um, so this Heat team is good. They're really good. They're better than they should be. If you would have looked at this roster coming into this year and you, I, you would have said Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn were getting 25-plus minutes a game, I would have told you they were like a bottom-five team in the NBA. But Eric Spolstra makes shit work, He know, and especially around the perimeter. I'm not, that coach, that dude knows how to get people open for three. Um, but this Indiana team has been firing on all cylinders in the bubble. They went 6-2. and two. TJ Warren was the second best player in the entire league during the bubble. Averaged th- <laughs> these numbers are wild. He averaged 31 points per game on 58% from the field, 52.5% from three, and 89% from the free throw line. Now, do I think he'll keep that slash line up? No. But do I think he'll be 26, 27, 28 points per game? Hell yeah, he's that on fire right now. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, Victor Oladipo looks healthy, and this team just scraps and fights. And I feel like this Heat team just has a little bit of the Clippers to them where they feel like they've already won a championship, which blows my mind. To me, this Heat team is like the the opposite of the Sixers. They are a team that just works, and it just things just work well. Uh, all The organization really seems to be locked in. Uh, they're making the right choices. The rotation, in my opinion, their eight nine man rotation is just solid. They can defend. They're gonna. I wish. I wish uh, that the Heat were playing the Celtics. I think that's a better series, a more interesting series. Uh, and then Pacers, because it also would allow the Pacers to win around in the playoffs, which I feel like they should deserve. They deserve to do. Uh, but I, I, I just like the Heat. I believe in coaching that's been there. I believe in Andre Iguodala fleecing teams, but, you know. Uh, so the only thing I disagree with there is that you wish they were playing the Celtics. I think this has the potential to be the most fun playoff series it's, of the entire first round. It's going to be competitive no matter what. 
Right. I mean, this could go seven games with an average margin of victory of like three and a half points. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked at all if that happens. And I want the team in that situation with more guys who have been there before. Okay. I mean, that's fair. It's not like the Heat have like a huge – they have like three guys who have been there before. But the Pacers have none. And Jimmy Butler hasn't like really been there before. Right. That's, I mean, it's true that like Jimmy Butler is kind of like a bad co-leader and that he's telling you all these things are going to happen, but we kind of got to watch the clock and wait and see. And maybe he's right, you know? (laughs) I'm going to give you my series bold prediction since we're on the subject before I give you my series MVP. Jimmy Butler shoots below 40% from the field. Victor Oladipo, TJ Warren suffocate the man. Uh, My bold prediction is that Duncan Robinson hits five threes a game. Of course, this is that bold? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Are you kidding? No, it's pretty, it's just (laughs) you know, with the the absolute fire that that man's been coming out with. But I I know you said it's spiteful that I have him doing that, but let's not pretend like Jimmy Butler is this all efficiency guy. Shot 45% from the field this year and 24% from three. The guy isn't an offensive mastermind by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, okay. The one seed Lakers will officially take on the eight seed Trailblazers after Damian Lillard went on an absolute tear for four games and beat the Grizzlies in a playoff game. Not single-handedly. That was really a team effort. Nurkic went for 20 and 20, uh, but took the Grizzlies out, had to go 4-0 to get in, went 4-0, and uh, and now we have the matchup. It's the matchup that the Clippers wanted because they think the Blazers can beat the Lakers. Um First of all, does this series have a chance to be legitimately competitive? And by that, I mean go more than five games. Yes. Do I think it? I think the Blazers have a chance to win two games. Yes. How good of a chance? I think a pretty decent chance to really make this a real series. And it's not. It, it, this isn't an indictment on LeBron or Anthony Davis. It's just a. It's just pure basketball schematics. You know, it's just the matchups. I like obviously, obviously the Blazers don't have anybody anybody to stop LeBron. That's true, but they might have some bodies to throw at Anthony Davis, and I don't think the Lakers have anybody who can guard either C.J. McCollum or Damian Lillard. So I mean, even if Rondo's back, and if Rondo is eighty-five percent of Rondo, but then you factor in the built-in playoff bonus that he gets, I still don't know if I think that guy's gonna be quite enough. But, I mean, it's LeBron. You know, they're going to win the series in six games. So, Damian Lillard, you're right. I mean, you have Caruso, who's going to do a decent job on Lillard, but he's not going to be able to stop him. Um, CJ McCollum's probably going to end up being his own biggest, worst enemy with his fractured back in a playoff series that is going to start to get to him. There's just no way around it. And then let's not forget, the Blazers down low – aren't any better than they were a couple years ago when the Pelicans played them in the playoffs. Nurkic is still there. Nurkic is who was guarding Anthony Davis for the most part. And in that series where the Pelicans swept the Blazers, Anthony Davis went for 35 points, 14 rebounds, 22 points, 12 rebounds, 28 points, 11 rebounds, and 39 points, 10 rebounds. So I'm not too worried about Anthony Davis getting shut down. Right. I'm really not as worried about it. They the difference I think is that they're deeper. The Blazers are deeper at big this year. They can put they can bring Hassan White not Hassan White's head. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, good uh, luck. Yeah, but he's there to foul Anthony Davis or Zach Collins. You know, you've got different guys who you can just you can just follow you can just hack the shit out of them. So uh, I mean he's gonna he's gonna put points and boards and stuff, but I think that they're in a slightly better position to contain him just a little bit more. I, I don't want to sound like too like oh the Blazers uh, like NBA hot take type deal, but I mean the Blazers are a good team and I think they should be respected for how hot they are right now. They are a good team. They are hot right now, but let's not forget the fact that it took Damian Lillard averaging forty six points per game over a four game stretch to beat. The broken down Sixers, who didn't have Simmons or Embiid, the Mavs, the Nets without their best three players, and the Grizzlies by a combined 11 points. Yes, uh, definitely the team has some problems. Uh, I don't want to, I think they'll win one for sure. I think they could win two. You know, what if like, what if like Alex Caruso like lands wrong and has to come out for a game because he's got knee tightness? You throw I mean, LeBron on Dame. So I don't know why. If I'm the Lakers, I might just play big the whole series. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I, 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 I don't want. I don't. I'm not a. I'm not worried enough by the Blazers to throw LeBron on Damian Lillard for the entirety of a first round series. Uh, sure. It's going to take too much out of him at his age. Yeah. Um, but the most exciting well, part about this playoff well, series is quite simple. Playoff LeBron is yeah. back. Zero dark 30 playoff LeBron is back. I, w- I don't think he'll shut off his social media this time because I think he wants to keep his platform up and running with everything that's going on socially, uh, which I think will be a better decision. Um, but I'm just hoping and praying that this guy still can flip that switch and turn into a 35 point per game, a night guy, if he wants to. I think he can. I think he's always has that ability, even still at this point in his career. He just is, he's just a bully, you know? Yeah. Well, all right. Well, I was going to save this quick for quick pitch, but I'm going to move this up real quick. So his farewell speech to the space jam uh, cast and workers and everybody, everybody on set came out today. Uh, and he talks about how they've spent 12 to 13 hours a day for the last 59 days on set. Does that like worry you a little bit? Uh, I mean, if you're doing 12 to 13 no. hour days on a movie set, you're not having too much time to, to get in the gym. Well, this is going to be a weird place where my Venn diagram of basketball knowledge meets my Venn diagram of how movies, Venn diagram knowledge of how movies are made. Uh, that's like two hours of just like kind of sitting in a chair. Uh, and I also think that there's no way that LeBron thinks about the way that Jordan shot Space Jam with the scrimmages and the court that they built for him on set. And there's just no way that that wasn't happening this time. Uh, we would have known by now if it was going to be an issue. We would have just known because we would have seen it in the play coming out of the bubble. Uh, I'm less concerned about playoff LeBron and more concerned by everybody else in the Lakers team. Do you have a bold prediction for this series? Dwight Howard sucks in this series. That's my bold prediction. How dare you, sir? How Talk about spiteful. dare you? Yeah, you've been you've been riding that take since before the season, <laughs> just waiting for it to come true. Waiting um, for it and lying you know, in wait. He wasn't that good in the bubble, so no. He um, who do you? Team? Okay, wait a minute. Hang on, I gotta go back to Dwight Howard for a second. Uh, do you think that like when LeBron talks about like how their team has chemistry problems that we should just know by now that what he's saying is Dwight Howard is a pain in the ass to play with because that's what everybody who's ever played with him says? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think anybody else on that team has chemistry issues. <laughs> like that team yeah, seems right? to get along really, really well. Like as well as any LeBron team since the early Miami years has gotten along. The only other thing I could think is just that like Kuzma is just like obnoxious. He's just like a kid, and I can see how that could be bad. But I don't think I really feel that way about Kyle Kuzma. I, yeah, I, and LeBron wouldn't like LeBron heaps praise on Kuzma. Like yeah. in the bubble, he said, "If we want to win a title, Kyle Kuzma has to be our third best player." And he doesn't go out of his way like that for people who he doesn't like. After you follow LeBron for almost twenty yeah. years. You know how he works, right? Everything he says is calculated. And saying something like that is almost like an endorsement from him. It's saying, I know this guy can be the third best yeah. player on our team. Um, I, yeah. He's the he's the swing player for that team, I think. Yeah. Who's your MVP? Of the series? Of the series. Uh, probably LeBron. This will be a LeBron series. I was going to go Anthony Davis after I saw those numbers versus the Blazers last time, but then I remembered that the Blazers don't have anybody not named Carmelo Anthony to put on LeBron, and he's going to absolutely tear him apart. It'll be cool to see, especially, like, if there's one really close game and it's Melo dribbling the ball down two with 17 seconds left and LeBron's guarding him. That'll be cool, right? That'll be, like, an iconic picture of the old man Melo versus old man LeBron. Uh, and then my bold prediction for the series is LeBron and Anthony Davis both average 25-point double-doubles. Uh, yeah, 25 and 10 assists for LeBron, 25 and 10 rebounds for Anthony Davis. I don't even know if I think that's that bold, honestly. I think that's yeah. likely. So, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure they did that the entirety I just, I think of the, the regular like, season. The Blazers so. just have enough big men that they'll kind of be able to slow Anthony Davis down. But like I said, five games, maybe six. Let's move. Yeah. Let's move past it. The two seed Clippers versus the seven seed Mavs. The season series was three nothing Clippers. This does have potential to be a fun series, uh, but I want to hear your thoughts on it first. Still, really love this series. Really, I mean, it's fun. 
it's like a fun series, but it doesn't, for whatever reason, it just doesn't grab me. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm going to be disappointed by this series. And what I mean is I think the Clips might win in five, and that would really suck, I think. Yeah, it's so Porzingis has been shut down all year in this, ser- in this series. Yeah. Clippers versus Mavs, he hasn't been able to do anything. And then when they really need to, they'll just alternate throwing Kawhi on Luka for three possessions and then Paul George on Luka for three possessions. And sure, you're not going to shut him down. Nobody shuts down Luka. Um, but you're going to you're gonna slow him down. I mean, he's still a 21-year-old dude, and that's two of the best perimeter defenders in the world. Uh, I think this one goes five games because there will be somewhere where Luka drops 40, 18, and 15 or some sh- crazy shit like that. Uh, but this is going to be a pretty easy, clean series for the Clippers. Yeah, it feels comfortable. Nice. It's a good warm up for the Clips, though. You know, because they're gonna have to they're gonna have to bring it every game to beat this team. I mean, the Mavs are a year away and they need a third star, but you know, the average. This is another stat that kind of scares me. The average margin of victory for the Clippers over the Mavs in the regular season was eleven points. That's big. That's a lot of points. So, um, Choir Paul George, who has better series. Uh, I think that this is going to be the Paul George playoff year. Uh, I think that Dame has awoken the beast inside, the the inner evil Paul George, and he is he's really going to go for it. This is his chance. This is his chance to rewrite the narrative. It's this right now. Right. So, I was with you when you said this will be the Paul George because I thought you were going to say playoff series, and I have him as the MVP of this series because the stakes are so low. Um, sure. But once he gets past this series, Paul George is going to fall apart. He's going to absolutely fall apart. That's one of those dudes who you can see it in his eyes in big-time situations. He wasn't like this back in the Pacers' day, right? But now you can see the fear on his face. You can read it. It's there. It's pre- like it's right in front of you. And everybody takes advantage of it. We've seen it over the last couple of weeks with these compilations of a million game-winning shots being hit over him in his career, which I didn't realize how many there were. But boy, those were I mean funny videos to watch. I'm going I'm going full redemption arc this year. Yeah. Everybody, you want a redemption arc? Great, you got one. Cool. Yeah, I mean he can if if you know winning a first two rounds of the playoffs counts, then yeah, good for you, Paul George. You didn't get knocked out in the first round again. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> all it took was some borderline collusion. <laughs> yeah. Uh now to just you know, go the opposite way of pretty much all I just said. My bold prediction for the series is Paul George averages over 30 points a game. Mm, I like that. But then he falls off, like I said. Okay. Um, yeah. So Clippers 4-1. You got Clippers 4-0 or 4-1? 4-1. I want to be fair to Luca, And I also think Porzingis is – I know he, like, hasn't been done well in the series, but it feels like a good matchup for me with Porzingis. I, I don't know. I, I, I have agree. more sets on that, but – Feels yeah. weird. They'll figure he'll figure it out in one of these games and get. We're gonna call this a cla- like a, a Luca's learning experience where he goes and experiences playoff basketball for the first time and gets his ass kicked and then has to come back and beat Iceland in the third act. That's a Mighty Ducks two reference. It's a Mighty Ducks D two reference. All right, the three seed Nuggets take on the six seed Jazz. This has I, the potential. Is... Oh, you're not enthused by this? No. I don't give a shit about either one of these teams. Really? Now, I don't in for the rest of the playoffs, I don't think this series has much effect on what happens cuz whatever team goes loses in the next round. But this series in and in, in itself could be a really fun series. You have two of the best big men in the league. You have two of the deepest rosters in the league. You have two teams that play the game like the right way, that listen to their coach, that have good coaches. Um Season series was three not three nothing Nuggets, but I think this goes six games. I think the Nuggets win this one in six. Uh, I like Nuggets in six. I just I uh, the Jazz to me are also kind of in the Philly zone where I feel like you need to make a decision about what you want your future to be right now uh, because something needs to change within this team with the Jazz. They're a good team. They're not a great team. They have they have to like lobby to not get their shit kicked in by the Rockets in the first round, you know? And when that's where you're at, you need to take a look around and decide what you want. I mean, you have Donovan Mitchell, right? You have Donovan Mitchell. And that guy is a star. That guy is a multiple-time all-star. It's going to happen. But you need to figure out what you want to put around him. Yeah, and it's pretty simple to me. Donovan Mitchell has to be your second best player. 
Probably, um, yeah. And and the best player can't be Rudy Gobert. So yeah. well, I don't it, even think he is. No, yeah, and I think they're pretty close. But you have to find a player better than Donovan Mitchell to put with Donovan Mitchell. Um, so my first thought looking at the series was, okay, what's going to happen if Gobert can shut down the Joker? So I was like, all right, I'll look up the season stats for this matchup. Mm-hmm. Jokic this year averaged 29.3 points, 12 rebounds, and nine assists a game versus the Jazz. He absolutely tears apart Gobert. Um, I originally had the Jazz winning this in seven before I did any research, and that flipped me to Nuggets in six. That feels like a stat line where even if it gets a little bit worse, it's not going to get that much worse. He has the dude's number, right? That's a that's a yeah. I own you type of stat line. That's I mean, he almost averages a tri- a thirty point triple double against arguably the best defensive center in the entire league. Um, so this one's pretty. I mean, this one's pretty easy for me. The Jazz will win a couple games because the talent discrepancy isn't that big. But the Nuggets, I think, sure. will pretty much own this series. Donovan Mitchell can probably win a playoff game by himself at this point. Right. But and he'll yeah, have a game where he goes I, for 38. Like, <laughs> I know that it's Utah and it's tough to get people to come and play there, but I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, I think Gobert is probably gone in the offseason if they get a decent deal for him. Like, regardless of whatever the media speculation about whether they get along or not, I, I just think he's gone. There's just so many, like, good centers. The and baggage, I know Gobert yeah. is a great center. But he like there's so many good ones, and you don't yeah. need a great center. Um, who's your MVP of the series? Mm, I mean, probably Jokic, but I don't pick somebody other than Jokic. Oh, I know. I'm gonna go with another wonderful redemption arc, but this time is gonna be for Gary Harris, who's gonna shoot 50% from three in the series. I like that. I like that. I'm going Joker. There's just I, after I see that stat line, I'm going Michigan Joker. State's own Gary Harris. Yeah, <laughs> my bull. Yeah, we should probably count those guys too. Yeah. Uh, my bold <laughs> prediction for the series is that uh, Jokic averages over 10 assists a game. That's I hope so. That'd be fun. That's going to be fun to watch. Right. It'd be just uh, cool to see a center do that. Let me ask you what, if you're the nuggets, what do you do next year? Because I think we found what the ceiling is in this team. And I think that there's still room to improve. I think that this is not a Philly situation. I think that you can add, you can add to this, what they have because they've, they've got Michael Porter jr. Now, who is a good player, uh, is a modern player, and they've got four pretty solid starters, I feel like, right? Jamal Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, uh, Michael Porter Jr., Jokic. That's four out of five. And so where, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? So I think your only option right now is to either go get Beal or you wait for that next super-duper star to become available, and you just throw everybody who's not Jokic at him. If you got to get rid- you would get rid of one of the two of Murray or Michael Porter Jr. in this deal, but you just got to wait for that next guy to demand a trade. I don't know who the hell it's going to be, right? So what if it's but- Cat? And you go, you say, screw modern-day NBA. We're going twin towers, guys who can – centers who can do it all, though. I mean, Cat shoots 40% from three. Jokic is the best passing big man maybe ever. Um, I think I think ever. Yeah, I mean, it's him. It's Vladi Divac. Like, there's well, a, it's a short list. I'm going to put Bill Walton in there so we don't get yelled at. Um, so – you, I think you just gotta wait because I don't, I don't think Beal pushes you over the top. I think he gets you close, but I don't think he pushes you over the top. So I think I wait for that next superstar, and there, there will be one. There's always one who gets, becomes unhappy, demands a trade, and then you just throw the entire house at them. It's interesting thinking Brad about Beale, who it could be. Though. I think that Beal gets you pretty close. Uh, I think Beal plus Jokic plus if you can hang on to Michael Porter Jr. and either Gary Harris or Jamal Murray to get him, I think that team is is pretty pretty good, pretty interesting. That's for sure. They're going to be like the the Showtime Lakers, but in that they're going to be a lot of fun to watch, but probably not play defense. Yeah, I really I'm really intrigued by Michael Porter Jr. because obviously coming out of high school, he was like. The Zion before Zion. This was the generational talent guy, the number one recruit in the country. Was going to go to Washington, then he went to Missouri, I think, and then hurt his back. You know, spent the whole first year of his career rehabbing that back. There was questions if he was ever going to be able to play, and then he shows up 
finally gets more than 10 minutes a game, and he's already putting up 30 a game. Like, the dude's yeah. nuts. Um, so I hope he's that guy because I was a huge MPJ fan when he was in high school. I think Michael Porter Jr. was in one of those situations where, like, his dad had been hired as a coach at Missouri, and then his brother committed to go there. Do you see where I'm going with this, knowing what we all know about college basketball? Are we talking a little bit of Shutter Chief? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but who cares? He was going to Washington anyway. Yeah. I'm pretty sure his dad was a assistant coach at Washington, then got hired by was, Missouri. And then he, I like, think. something happened. I think, something. if my memory is serving but, me right. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. was a huge prospect in college. Like, a huge, gigantic, like, people, yeah. people like, Jason Tatum-level prospect. And it just, because of all of the concerns with his back, and I don't think that we know if all of those concerns are gone forever, uh, if he could be healthy, I mean, he was, I think, a projected lottery pick who slipped, and that's, and the Nuggets got him for value, and that's what good organizations do every year. Yep, one hundred percent. Let's move on to the final first round playoff series, and that is the four seed Rocket versus the five seed Thunder, a matchup made in storyline heaven. Uh, the former Golden Boys, two out of the three former Golden Boys of an organization, on their new team against the organization that traded them, one rightfully so, and one one of the worst mistakes in the history of the NBA. And all of a sudden, there's like a chance the Thunder could win this series. I don't think they will. But this Thunder team is good enough to compete with this Rockets team, especially if we get 29 shots a game on 41% shooting, freak out, get too competitive Russell Westbrook. To me, the Thunder are the fourth best team in the West, and they'd probably be the second best team in the East. But matchups is matchups, and I'm riding the I'm riding the Rockets. I'm getting in my rocket. I'm putting on my seatbelt, and I'm blasting off, baby. Uh, I'm taking the Rockets in six. And the only reason why it's not in five or four is because you just got to respect. You just have to respect what the Thunder have done. Yeah, I I have. I also have them in six. Rockets in six. I just think that, you know, if one or two bounces go the right way, this could go seven, and you never know what's going to happen in a game seven. Um, this is my favorite first-round series. Yeah, especially if it goes seven, right? This could be like a all-time remembered series. Um, the Thunder my been for this series yeah. is that the Rockets score 140 points in one of their games. Yeah, okay. The Thunder have done a pretty good job against them this year on the defensive end. Um, and again, it's all, really the only thing that could give the Thunder the shot a shot to win this is if Russell Westbrook, just Russell Westbrook's all over the place. And by that, I mean the bad version of him because there's a very good and a very bad version and there's not much in between. Um, but I don't even know if that's going to be enough because James Harden is one of the best fucking players who has ever played basketball and he's in the middle of his prime. Uh the so, most underrated superstar in the NBA right now. Yeah, and it's just because people hate his style of play, which is silly because um, I don't know how many times I'm going to have to explain this to a casual-ass basketball fan, but free throws are the most efficient shot in the game. Get as many of them as you can, point-blank period. You want a winner? Guess what winners do? They play the game the most efficient way you can play it. That's what winners do. Now, we always know we get good James Harden in round one, right? We're not going to have to worry about James Harden choking shit away until we get to either the second round or the Western Conference Finals. Um, so, again, I got the Rockets in six. They might be the most hungry playoff team this year. They have the two guys who, if they don't win a title, could be Charles Barkley. Now, OKC has the third guy who could be the Charles Barkley and Chris Paul. But all three of those guys who could be remembered as this generation's Charles Barkley are in this series. This thing is going to be an absolute dogfight. Uh, I actually, <laughs> I'm already, I'm thinking forward. I'm thinking about what Rockets Lakers is going to be like. And it just makes me sad. Rockets Lakers is going to make me sad. Because there's just no way that like somebody's legacy isn't ruined forever in that series. 
<laughs> somebody. It'll be either LeBron or James Harden. One of the two of them are never going to recover from that series. Yeah, it'll be James Harden, by the way. Because and... Anthony, Anthony Davis is going to absolutely tear apart the Houston. You Rockets. know, it's interesting watching the Rockets play because they obviously they get smashed on the, re- on the boards every game. But it never really seems to matter. And they get a lot of boards. Like, they get boards. You know? DJ Tucker just finds a way, man. And he plays <laughs> – by the way, he's like – every time he defends Anthony Davis, he does a really good job. But I just yeah. think when the playoffs come along and it's LeBron plus Anthony it's Davis, LeBron, it's going man. to be an impossible task. It's Yeah, it's LeBron in that series. I don't know because you either, either you can put P.J. Tucker on LeBron and he might do okay, but then you definitely don't have anybody to guard Anthony Davis. So you're basically just allowing – so basically the only way to – do it is to uh, have Anthony Davis just score two points and score three, right? That's the only way to like kind of win that matchup. But that's that's you know. Who's your MVP of the series? My MVP of the series is Russell Westbrook, who takes that shit personal and scores averages thirty points a game. I got James Harden, and I got my bold prediction is Chris Ball holds Russell Westbrook under twenty three points a game. So that's Tigers baseball. We'll see what the season brings us. It's still going to be fun. There's still some cool talent on this team. We still get to watch Jacoby Jones do his thing. Hopefully Matt Boyd will somewhat get it figured out. He's not going to be the ace of the staff, though, everybody. He's just not. Um, But we'll see. Again, 27 wins might get you into into the playoffs. If they go on like a four- or five-game winning streak here somewhere, who knows? Cool. Cool. All right. You want to do some quick Quick pitch? Quick pitch. Quick pitch. Quick pitch. What do you got today for quick pitches? All right, quick pitch. All right, segment taking you around the sports universe as quickly as possible. 25 days until the NFL kickoff. I'm about, you know, a few weeks ago we talked about this, and we were 20% sure we were going to see a week one. Right now, I'm about 80% sure we're going to see a week one. Yeah, I think I was always pretty confident we were going to see weeks one and two. I think week three is the week where we're going to have to take a look around. I'm stealing your exact words when I say 20% for a week one. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But that number has risen for me. We're going to see week one. Yeah, it seems like it. How how far into the season do we get now? Now that's the question. Uh, Four weeks. It's pretty amazing that the Lions don't have a single positive test yet, right? And most of the NFL doesn't have any positive tests. Yeah. Pretty weird. Right? That Okay, we're, we're thinking on the same wavelength here. Pretty um, strange that nobody in the NFL has tested positive for COVID. Pretty. Strange. I mean, what happens if they get busted lying about COVID tests, dude? They're fucking nothing, dude. What's the worst thing they can do in the NFL? Get sued by every player for a trillion dollars? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I was just thinking more like holistically for the fans. I mean, uh, they literally had to pay like $20 billion out for their concussion suit. It would be the same thing. My, my mother's sister, my aunt, her husband got COVID, and the only thing that guy's been doing is building a house by himself. Just him. Putting up drywall and, like, moving things forward. So, I... I pretty strange that they're uh, that they're saying nobody's caught it yet. Pretty strange. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, this next one, I'm really, I'm really excited to talk about, and I'm gonna let you take the wheel on it. Okay. Um, the Spurs have missed the playoffs for the first ah, time in 22 years. I knew this was coming. Thoughts? Uh, they'll be back next year. That's for sure. I'm going to stay, stay, say right here, right now, the Spurs are going to make the playoffs next year. I still, I mean, you, I just feel like you're overvaluing their young guys, at least by like 15%. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, maybe. I, I actually really like where this, like some of those young guys the Spurs have. Like when they've played, when he's played, DeJounte Murray has been really, really good. Five years from now, what's the ceiling for that team? Well, that's a good question. I mean, that's for sure the question right now with that team is what's the ceiling? Uh, I don't know. I think that this that like if you take the team as constructed, even if you, 
I mean, then you start getting into like, what are we going to do with DeMar DeRozan? Uh, how, you know, how many more years does Pop really want to coach for? Uh, five years from now, the Spurs are probably the sixth seed in the West, probably not any higher. Okay. Yeah. So I think I'm not sure. I think <laughs> it's kind of what if this, if what if the Spurs like were able to pull off a trade for like one of those superstars, Ben Simmons or something? Yeah, Ben Simmons with Greg Popovich is a scary thought. Yeah, it's it's terrifying, and they would, but then you'd lose your your pride and joy of the Spurs young guys. So it's your I call, mean, man. As you've pointed out, Ben Simmons pretty young still. Yeah, true. Okay, so the NBA draft lottery is in four days or two days from when this airs. Uh, we just tried to record this a second ago, but my Wi-Fi decided to go insane. So I'm going to sim the lottery. We're going to do a mock draft up to the Pistons. The first time I did it, we got the number one pick. But guess what? I lagged out, so it doesn't count. Here we go. Sim lottery. The Pistons are picking sixth. I'm going to give you odd numbers. So with the first pick, it's the Atlanta Hawks. Who are you taking? Anthony Edwards. Ooh, so a little Trey Young, Anthony Edwards mix up. I like yeah, that. Okay. 130 points a game, but then let in 135 points a game. Uh, second pick, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm going to take this pick how I think the Minnesota Timberwolves would take this pick. And I'm going to go Obi Tobin. And they're going to screw it up. Uh, they're going to say we don't Whoa. want LaMelo. They're going to say we don't want Killian. And they're going to go Obi Tobin. They're going to hope that he can turn into Carmelo Anthony, and it's not going to work. Number three. Wait, wait stop. Right. Wait a minute. That is not the Obi Tobin player comp, I don't think. Why? Because he's not – Carmelo is like a generational scorer. Yeah, I'm not saying he's going to be that. I'm going to say that's what the Timberwolves are going to be sitting there going. Obi Tobin, he doesn't play defense. He can shoot the ball, and he can attack the rim. And he has like a similar like shimmy your shoulders, step back, fade away type of style as Melo. He's not going to be Carmelo Anthony. That's not uh, what I'm saying. Is but... Antoine Walker the player I'm thinking of right now? Is that no. over? Okay. No. All right. How about this Kmart Carmelo Anthony? I I I I always thought Obi Tobin's thing was that he was like a really fast cutter and he plays at the rim and he's like he can shoot, I mean, but really he's like an athlete. He does play at the rim and he's an okay athlete. Like okay. he he looks like a great athlete, right? But he's, he's not. He's, his feet are stuck in the mud a lot. He's not okay. super quick on his feet. He's got well, a lot of mellow type, but yeah, he's got a lot of those qualities. Okay, right, my the bad. number three pick moving up nine spots, and this would drive this city. They would be so happy, and so would I think all NBA fans. The New Orleans Pelicans. Who do they take at number three? Oh. I think um, it's pretty obvious. Oh, do you think they take Lamelo to play with Lonzo? Yeah. Ball brothers, baby. You have to, right? Yeah. Either you have to trade Lonzo or you have to take Lamelo. I mean, it, it makes sense. I think Lonzo even makes sense for what that team would need right now, too. Kind of a ball handler wing, kind of honestly, kind of a Brandon Ingram type. Yeah, he can play one through three, Lamelo. Yeah. I mean, he can really. He's going to be able to do it all. Uh, he's listed. Cool. He's listed as a six-eight point guard, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's like 104 pounds, but if he starts putting on some mass, he's going to be able to switch over to the three on defense when he's 24, 25 years yeah, old. So. I, think, I think that if you're LaMelo, you want to be a 6'8 point guard, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, he's going to play the one or the two, but he's got to put the mass on anyways for defensive purposes and offensive purposes. I mean, he can get to the rim, but when you're facing NBA bodies, you can't be 6'8, 6'9 and a toothpick. I'm like changing my mind on my own opinion on him, like in this moment. I don't know what the fuck to do with all of these, like Ben Simmonsy, Lonzo Ball. Like, is like Jokic is another guy where it's like, is his best role as a primary ball handler? But then, how do you? It just seems like we're we're moving into an era of like two kinds of basketball players in a game. There's the guy who's on the ball and the guy who receives the ball to shoot the ball. And we're I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I, uh, Lamelo is kind of hurting my brain a little bit. Let's move on. Yeah, I feel that. All right, with the fourth pick, the Golden State Warriors. Easy, James Wiseman. Go get yourself a guy who can turn into the best offensive rebounder in basketball. Get that guy with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Let him be the lob threat for Draymond Green. Uh, that's yeah. the easiest pick to me. I I would not take James Wiseman first, second, or third. 
unless I'm the Warriors, then I would take him first, second, or third. It wouldn't matter. Or fourth in this instance. With the fifth pick, Cleveland Cavaliers. That's you. The Cleveland Cavaliers are going to – well, the Cleveland Cavaliers historically, I think, love love foreign guys, it seems, when they draft. So I'm going to go with Denny Avija. I like that, and I think that's a good fit, too. It, with the, yeah. I mean, they got young guards, so Killian doesn't make much sense. And then the Pistons at six, we get our boy Killian Hayes. Welcome to the team. Again, I told you last week, I'll take him at one. So getting him at six, yeah. two thumbs up to take, that one. I might take Lamelo at one. I just, I don't know, man. What I, I is also Lamello, might. What is Lamelo and Seku? Like, what even is that? Wild. It can it's be, it's either, it's, he, it's, it's godly or it's absolute trash. Let me ask, let me ask like, you a question. It does, does it make sense then for the Pistons to take the money they have and throw a bunch of it at Fred Van Vliet? So you're rolling out this like super weird starting five of Blake Griffin, Seku. No. We're not there know. yet, man. We're just not there yet. This is a rebuild. Well, we, you you cannot cut corners in a basketball rebuild. And you want to know what signing Fred Van Vliet and drafting LaMelo Ball or Killian Hayes gets you? A seven seed next year. We're back in purgatory. You don't want to be there. You have to, you've got to take your time. It's yeah. going to be three, four, five years. So Van Vliet's 26. Yeah, but he's uh, at a ceiling. He's not getting any better. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, even if you offered him like a four-year, $80 million contract, I don't. We're now, but now we're back where I didn't want to go, which is like, isn't this game the guy who handles the ball and the guy who shoots the ball, and then everything else is like kind of in the middle? Yeah, kind of. It just, it just, it's not. If this was twenty twenty two, maybe right, we'd probably be there, but we're not there right now. We're not there yet. Um, but hey, man, if we can pick sixth and still get our guy, that's cool. I really hope we move up just so we have all the options. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even be mad if we ended up with like Tyrese Halliburton. But outside of the guys we named right there uh, and Tyrese, we end up with Tyrese Halliburton. It better be because we got fucked in the lottery. Well, we might. You know, we could drop all the way down to eight or nine, I believe. So, yeah, eight or nine. Maybe you can talk me into Tyrese Halliburton. But if it's if it's in top five and we don't end up with either Killian Hayes or Lonzo no, Ball, I, you, I'd be, be Lamelo. You keep calling him Lonzo. Uh, <laughs> I'm so I'm gonna keep doing that too. It's gonna it's gonna be like I haven't adjusted to the Chargers yet being in LA from San Diego. Oh, same. How many times am I gonna say the Raiders are from Oakland this year? It's gonna happen. A hundred. I'm gonna yeah. City changing is a whole different story unless they change their whole name. Like Super Seattle SuperSonics to OKC Thunder. Cool. That was easy. But the Oakland Raiders to the Vegas Raiders, I, I pass. I pass on that. I'm just going to – it'll come with time. We do, what else you got? Anything else? That's it for this one. That All right, was bye. Quick pitch. Oh. Oh, oops. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for watching this week. Go subscribe to us on Spotify. We are there, Fan2FanDetroit. It's all one word. I know it's weird, but Fan2FanDetroit. It'll have our beautiful big logo up there. Hit that like button. You can listen to us every week. Of course, we'll be here on YouTube and on Facebook. But for me, your host, Andrew Norris, this is Double P, Producer Parker, and we are checking out for the week. We will see you next week, Tuesday, 8 o'clock, same place. And now for the fun sports clip of the week. I wonder what it's going to be.